0: How come we don't have, like, an opening rah-rah, you know, pep talk? Where's my pep talk, Dr. Brooks? It's in this can. (laughs) You got pep in a can?
1: It's in this can, Bill. Pep
0: talk in the can. That's all we got.
1: (laughs) Bottle that stuff up. Yes, pep talk.
0: Welcome to episode 16 of Black, White, and Blue in the South, a podcast discussing Democratic politics with a Southern flair. I'm Bill Kimmler. I'm Jamil Brooke. And we're coming to you from Greenwood, South Carolina, a little red county in a very red state. If you like what you hear, please leave a rating, tell your friends about us, follow us on social media, or better yet, <laughs> this is your favorite part of the show, isn't it? Yes. Or better yet. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave. Get us the name of Senator Tim Scott's casting agent who was able to secure for the senator a tall blonde model to appear as his girlfriend on the last GOP presidential debate. It was effective because it remains the only thing people remember from that snooze fest of an event.
1: I knew that was going to be it. I knew that How did you would put I felt it deep down in my spirit. I said, he is going to use this one. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> Am I wrong to use it? No. 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 <laughs> no.
0: Gosh. You can always drop us a note at black, white, blue, in the south at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, topic ideas. You could pick a subject and have us run with it. You can also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and even threads. Hey, Jamil.
1: Fun fact.
0: What's up? Of all those various platforms, which one do you think we have the most followers on? So I'll run it through you again. Okay. We've got Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, And threads. We are on six different social media platforms. Which one do you think we are the most popular on YouTube? You would be incorrect. In fact, YouTube is at the bottom of the list. Oh,
1: wow. No,
0: it turns out we have the most followers on threads. Are you serious? Now, this is funny because we post the same content across all platforms. I randomize it, but okay. all the same video clips you see on YouTube, you'll see on Facebook, you'll see on Twitter, you'll see on Instagram. So it's across all. So no one platform is getting any favored treatment. Mm. Everybody gets posted to daily. But it turns out threads, for some reason, we have gained the most followers and have taken off, followed in second place by Facebook mm. and third place Instagram. Wow. Twitter TikTok and YouTube, we're having a little bit of a harder time gaining some traction, but we are growing every week, slowly but surely. Okay. Yeah, Threads is where we're at. Threads. Are you on Threads yet?
1: No. I don't want to even bite that bullet. I know. <laughs> I know. So when you said it, I went, crap.
0: Yeah, it's turning into a true alternative to Twitter slash X. Yeah. I will say we may have the most followers on Threads, but our most engagements, yeah. the most likes are actually happening on Instagram, Okay. which I found very interesting. Okay. If you're not following us on any of those social media platforms and you want to see our faces as we do this show, that's right. smug that smile for the camera, <laughs> come take a look at us and engage with us in social media and share anything that you find of interest. We do have a Linktree page that can connect you easily to everything. So look at those show notes and you'll see that and links to all the topics and articles that we cover in today's episode to quote President Theodore Roosevelt. Mm. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man or a woman who is actually in the arena mm. whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly who errs who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds mm-hmm. and jamil and i are out there doing the deeds that's deep i like i love it yeah Did you know we got a lovely shout out from a nationwide... Worldwide, worldwide famous podcast oh my gosh. called the daily beans podcast they got themselves like a million listeners wow and our humble little show oh. here in greenwood south carolina got mentioned that is cool. on the air by them last
1: week you want to hear it yes 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 i love it all right is this me it is me all mm-hmm. right this is from daniel duncan who we know and love pronouncing him we know him by the way he's a once in future candidate you know who Daniel Duncan is. Howdy, Beans Crew. I hope this finds you well. I wanted to shout out my friend Bill Kimmler, who was by my side throughout my run for state house last year. He's continuing the fight while I'm sidelined with the family medical issues. Daniel, I hope everything's okay. He started a podcast with the wonderful vice chair of his county party, Dr. Jamil Brooks and Bill. They host Black, White, and Blue in the South, discussing South Carolina politics every Wednesday. And they're both running for state house this year in districts 12 and 13. Their podcast is Black, White, and Blue in the South. So if you're local to South Carolina, just give them a listen. Give them some support. Awesome. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Thank you, Daniel. Good to hear from you, my friend. Indeed.
0: How about that? Yay. And you know what? An even bigger thank you goes to Daniel yeah, Duncan. Yeah, I was just thinking
1: that, like, thank Shout out Daniel. to you, my brother. Yay.
0: This guy is the living embodiment of generosity. Yeah, He's not Mr. Moneybags, <laughs> but j- just the way he's always thinking about others and putting in good words and yeah. doing good actions like that. In last year's campaign, he dropped my name on, I think it might have been this very podcast. Maybe oh, wow. it was another big one, mm-hmm. but he dropped my my name and next thing you know, I'm getting campaign donations from all around the country. Wow. Five dollars here, ten dollars from there.
1: Wow. But
0: he did that, he didn't have to do that. Yeah. He was there for himself and he happened to drop my name down and wow. I got a few bucks as a result. Thank you, Daniel. He's just amazing. Candidates usually hold barbecue or dinner fundraisers. You know what he did to fundraise? What? A blood drive. Oh. So his way of raising funds was to bring the community together to donate blood for those in need. So that's just the kind of guy he is. So whatever reward he's not getting in this life, I hope definitely he's building up some good karma for the future. He's certainly earned it. So thank you, Daniel. Yeah. So with that brief mention, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna drop some numbers on you. Oh my
1: gosh. Wait, I might not be wait, I might not be ready.
0: You drinking inspiration in a can,
1: (laughs) a pep talk in a can. (laughs) Bring it, bring it, okay.
0: We are closing in on 1,000 total downloads. 1,000. We're just shy of 1,000 right now. And I can guarantee you within a week or two, we will have hit the 1,000 mark. And we That's have cool. also reached 509 unique <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Mostly thanks to that Daily Beans podcast. So thank, thank you, ladies. You yes. are awesome for sharing your platform you. and helping little old Bill, little old Jamil down here in South Carolina. We appreciate you. Now, who else? Can we aim to get mentions for us? Hmm. Where can we target? Oh, I forgot to tell you. What? Uh, Did you know that President Barack Obama name dropped us in a recent speech? I actually caught a clip of that off Um, of C-SPAN.
1: Listen to this. I'm afraid. Listen to Black, White, and Blue
0: in the South. Michelle and I listen to every episode multiple times. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that incredible? Bill? My former president, your former (laughs) president, Barack Obama, mentioned us. In a, camp, in a speech that he was giving out in the campaign trail, helping some candidates out.
1: Do not make me get excited, Bill. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> You're shaking over there. Look Cause, at you shake. Because I know you didn't say the President Barack Obama. Yes. Say it, black, white. Do, do, do I need to, to play that again? I mean, maybe. Here we go.
0: Listen to Black, White, and Blue in the South. Michelle and I listen to every episode multiple times. Tell me, isn't that incredible? Yes, it is. I also want to give a shout out to Parrot AI, (laughs) who was able to whip up that voice. This is why I said, Do
1: not get me excited, Bill. I said, Do not get me excited. That's okay. So, my goal is to make sure that he does say that.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. We One it. can dream, and sometimes you have to visualize what happen. you want the outcome to be it's before happen. you get it. So I'm just going to pretend that that was for real. Okay. Now the Daily Beans call out was for real. That's legit. That was legit. Okay. And one can only hope that the president, uh, President Obama, would do the same for us one day. He will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Speaking it into existence.
0: <laughs> Fired up. Fire up. Ready to go. go. Fired up. Fire up. Fire up. Ready to go. Jamil and I are both on the campaign trail. It is one year before Election Day where our names will appear on a ballot. On a flipping ballot. For the voters to choose from. People are going to walk in the booth, see my name or see your name. They won't see our names together. But depending on where they are, they'll see one of our names on there and they'll go yay or nay. They will judge us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing? I'm good. I see you kicked off some fundraising last week.
1: Did I? Yes. some, oh uh, some my online. Goodness. How's it going? Listen, let me tell you, that week was unbelievable. Like the support that came in off of that one week of posting and sharing and saying, this is our approach. You know, the goal just to go with the low cost approach so that everyone can be a part of some life changing moves that South Carolina is going to make has just been beneficial so far.
0: Yeah. We, uh, we've created kind of a theme called the 1213 democracy fund. Guess what it right? is. $12 and 13 cents a month is what we're seeking. Yeah. Now why 1213? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> after, have you figured that out yet? After countless hours of research, <laughs> it's I, been determined. <laughs> I sent
0: Jamila a text saying, "I've got a great name for it. It's called the Twelve-Thirteen Fund." <laughs> and like hours went by and she's like, I'm curious, why are you calling it twelve thirteen? I wouldn't tell her. I said, you got to stew on this for a while. He would
1: not. And he said, but when you find out, you it's really going to be like what in the world? And I was like, dang, Bill, I missed that. I missed that completely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's doing numerology research. She's doing anagrams. She's like, what's the 12th letter of the alphabet? What's the 13th letter of the Hebrew alphabet? Maybe I have to go to the Hebrew alphabet. Yes. What does it all spell? Twelve
1: thirteen. I wonder why. What could that mean? Should I transpose these numbers or? Or not
0: right, what is that spelling name? What's going on? Nope, uh, district 12, district 13 are our respective districts, yeah. And so it's a a small donation. You could donate either directly to Jamil. You can donate to myself. And this weekend, I'm going to set up actually a split act blue page Okay. where if they put in 1213, it will go evenly between the two campaigns. Okay. If people just want to uh, contribute in general and don't live in either district, they can contribute both to us, a little small amount. But you know what? You get 100 people, you get 1,000 people. It all adds up. Yeah. And it really helps us get out the message. I also saw that you got a Spanish translation of your poster.
1: Listen, let me tell you, Jamil for South Carolina is not playing games. I got a whole translator on standby. How did you do that? It's just who you know. And no so I, kidding. yeah. And it was so wonderful because he actually said to me when I was considering running that if you need a translator, remember me. And so I went back and I said, Hey, you know, I'm running and I have a flyer and I have Spanish speaking constituents in my district. And he said, Send it to me. He's a Spanish teacher, so Spanish is his second language. But his wife is from Mexico. So what they did was the two of them translated it to make sure that he didn't miss a translation from going from English to Spanish. And she took it straight from Spanish and was able to fill in any gap.
0: That's awesome. So good for you. I'm glad it's been successful. Yeah. I went to a, an art reception uptown this Mm. week and I'm a big supporter of the arts. I I wrote it online and I said, you need a lot of different people with a lot of different skills in a society. You need doctors, you need lawyers, you need clergy, you need first responders, you need teachers and retail workers and yes, politicians, Mm -hmm. you need them too. Yeah. But you need the arts to let you know that you are human. And this is why you're alive. And this is how your spirit feels and brings you up to the heights of heaven or down to the depths of despair. You got to feel to know that you're human. And that's what the artists bring, whether it's visual arts or spoken arts or or written arts or theatrical arts. They let you know you're alive. So I went out to support a great art reception of the local artists of Greenwood. And just we're very blessed to have such a vibrant community even chatted with one lady she came up to me and said oh i heard you're running again i go yeah i am and i'm making sure that every person i talk to i ask the same question what is important to you Mm. and this lady said animals big lover of animals big supporter of the humane society of greenwood lover of pets and, and other animals so my campaign is going to be focused on puppies and kittens this year That'll be my platform. Puppies and kittens. And we'll see how far we go. It, 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 uh, tell me that's not a brilliant campaign strategy. Puppies and kittens. Okay. <laughs> Where's our campaign manager to rein me in? Yeah,
1: no, like come right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, You went to a meeting the other day?
1: Yeah, so I got to spend some time with my uh, Promised Land community. They have this wonderful monthly community meeting where they get in and they talk about just keeping the community tight-knit and improving the committee. And it is so structured. So I love when I get to go and just sit around and listen.
0: That's great. And did you also get contacted by our director of elections here in Greenwood this past week?
1: Oh, so you know, I love her. I don't know if I ever said that publicly, but she's yeah, such is, a this sweetheart. This is Connie Moody, who's yeah. in
0: charge of the elections in Greenwood County, has been for many years. I know her personally. She's an amazing lady. She's amazing. She does a great job, everything above board. And, and so anybody who wants to and, and, and can support her and the efforts to run elections in our community, yeah. please do so.
1: So I reached out to her just to let her know that, well, one, I was over a certain precinct for the poll manager position. So I reached out to her to say, hey, you know, I didn't announce that I was running, so I still want to help help you any way that I can, because I know that every year it is a struggle to have poll workers or managers or clerks, whichever terminology you prefer. And so I said, but just let me know how I can help. And she sent me back the saddest message ever. She said that because I'm running, I can't work the elections. I wasn't going to work the one in my district. I was going to work the one in somebody else's district, but I can't. So this is my plug for Greenwood County's voter registration office. If you are an able-bodied individual that wants to give back to your community, this is the perfect time for you to do so. Reach out to Connie Moody and she will get you set up and trained for you to go and work the elections. Elections are great, but they can't happen if you don't have people that's there to work them and make sure that they're secure and safe.
0: And if you're outside of Greenwood County or in another state, just find your local elections office and volunteer. It really does take a lot of volunteers to put it together. Yeah. And plus, if you're a good, honest individual, you need to keep your eye on yeah. shenanigans from time to time. I- I've worked every election for quite a few years and I got the same message from Connie. Yeah, I worked as what was called a pole technician oh. because I'm an IT guy. We appreciate you, and which means that if you need uh, some tape replaced or ribbon replaced or paper shot, you know, or things aren't working, and, <laughs> yeah. and mostly it's just training. People don't know how to do something. Yeah. Uh, I would roam from precinct to precinct to mm-hmm. help out the team there, get things up and running, get things recorded, and just kind of be that technical assistant yeah. on call. And and my phone would be buzzed all day long. Yes, now, sure I would. take a day off work. I burn a vacation day. I do too. But I feel like it's a way I can perform civic duty, but I got a message from Connie that said, I had a discussion with the board regarding polling staff, working the polls, and running for office. They felt it best that anyone running for office not work the polls until after the Election, correct, and she says, "I'm really sorry because you did a tremendous job." Plus, we desperately need polling location technicians.
1: Yeah,
0: it's funny. Last time I ran for office, I worked as a polling technician, but not in the election itself. So my election, I stayed out. Yeah, but you had primaries, you had you had a presidential primary coming up, none of which my running for office plays any undue influence. And plus you can always be placed in precincts that are outside of your voting district. Correct. Right. Greenwood County is a big county, so there would be no sense of impropriety going on, so I feel yeah. like, yeah, they're being cautious, but, oh boy, it's yeah. certainly just a shame that, that this is what it's come to, that, you know, there's, a, there's nervousness that people have worked the polls for years like know. you and I, I know. are suddenly uh, and not so welcome.
1: You, you know, I train that team of adolescents. They get trained on how to work the polls, and, you know, when my aging population comes in, they're always impressed to see that these are, you know, young adults that don't even look like they would typically find interest in it and they're working it. And so now my shift goes from, I can't train another team, which I understand that's their rules. I can't do it. But now my goal is to try to find adolescents that I can kind of help get ready and then turn them over to Connie and then they go and work under someone else.
0: Oh, there's one more item about campaigning that I need to share with you. I come bearing a gift.
1: What's the gift? Cause I want it, I think, I don't know. Normally your gifts are a little tricky. I mean I Am I a trickster in your mind? Yes, yes. So I almost (gasps) What is that? What is that? I got stickers. I
0: printed you a test sheet of stickers to see if that meets your design. Peel one off. Put one on your shirt.
1: Let me see. Let me see. I think get stickers.
0: <laughs> you are now officially a oh candidate. You have a, you have a little sticker that says Jamil for South Carolina House District 12. I can print off a batch of that for you. I would like it, please You sir. got it. I just want to make sure you got I got your signature. Wonderful. Good job. Consider it done. Yay. Yes, got to have stickers. Stickers are important. All right, let's now move into the news. We're up to the minute reports. Stay tuned to this station. Now, the news. Tuesday night, November 7th, was election night for many areas across the nation. And, Jamil, I'm going to read to you a statement that I wrote. Um, okay. The next day, once all the dust has settled, Okay. 2023, that's an odd numbered year and turnouts could be crazy, but they always treat it as a predictor of what can you expect in 2024 okay. since we're only a year away. And there's a lot of what they call bellwether elections, that the outcome of this election is going to be a hint of things to come. <laughs> so just as we saw last November of 2022, when the quote red wave quote, completely fizzled and Democrats outperformed against all expectations, Tuesday night's results reinforced thus that American voters are tired of the divisive and invented social issues that have dominated the Republican agenda these past few years and want leaders who actually get to work on real issues Come on. that affect every household in this country. They want serious government, mm-hmm. not theatrics. Mm-hmm. Despite all polling that warned about impending doom for Democrats, here's what we actually saw. In Kentucky, where Trump won by 26% in 2020, voters overwhelmingly reelected Democratic Governor Andy Bashir. Mm. In Ohio, despite every effort to submarine the ballot initiative on abortion with rule changes, And misleading wording. Despite that, in Ohio, they overwhelmingly voted in support of that constitutional change, which other states have done already when put directly to the voters. For their opinion, voters have always said the same thing. Mm. We want our freedoms. Mm -hmm. And so Ohio now has done it. We may have a a dedicated session uh, on that topic later, because even despite the victory at the ballot box, the Republicans that are in charge are ignoring it. Mm. And they're, they're using a lot of dirty tricks to make it not count. Mm. And so we'll go into a deep dive as to how they are going against the will of the voters. And hopefully that will just manifest itself in 2024 when those same Republicans get voted out. Yeah, In Ohio, voters also legalized recreational marijuana in a different ballot initiative. In Virginia, let's travel to that state now, Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin, who rode the wave of Trumpism a couple of (laughs) years back to become the governor, he promised to fast track abortion restrictions if the voters delivered him. The state house and the state senate. Democrats actually won control of both houses. Yeah, buddy, (laughs) I like a clear rebuke of that message. Yeah, in Pennsylvania a democrat won a state supreme court spot to ensure a barrier against partisan gerrymandering and other dirty tricks in New Jersey. Mm. Democrats won control of both the assembly and the senate including flipping a senate seat that was lost in 2020 and in New York. This is my favorite story of the night. Okay. In New York, in the most inspirational story of that evening, Yousef Salam Now, he was one of the Central Park Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was only a teenager when Donald J. Trump took out a full page ad calling for his execution. He did. Mm -hmm. He won a seat on the New York City Council. An incredible story of massive injustice turned into victory and leadership. Yeah. And that is. My gosh, I could just cry just thinking about that story. (laughs) Yeah. So this isn't just a win for Democrats. It's a win for democracy itself. While the Republican U.S. Congress shut itself down for over three weeks Mm -hmm. due to internal disarray. And then they emerged with a a new leader who's even less effective than the guy that they kicked out. Voters are thirsting for actual vision and leadership. Mm. As we've seen these past few years coming out of a global crisis of our generation. We, the United States, have just continued to go stronger as a country with each passing month, thanks to the steady hand and hard work of this Biden administration. Mm. We still have a long way to go, but the trajectory is clear. Yeah, Change is often incremental. And it's only noticeable after many years of hard work, but it's nice to see when those efforts pay off, like we saw all across the country that Tuesday
1: night. Yeah, that slow and steady is really what wins the race. So, I mean, I appreciate it. I I started to write notes and I thought, no, just keep talking about it. Everything that you said, it should have gotten every Democrat or every person, regardless of your party, who wants to see growth and stability and see the United States get back on its steady ground that it once was on. They should have got excited off just listening to you read that part. Let's go.
0: I want to read to you a clip from the New York Times article. You're going to find this hilarious. So the New York Times wrote, a, uh, a whole article called Suburbs Went Democratic on Tuesday, and a little byline appeared underneath, a little quote taken out of the article. Here's what it said. Keeping fundamental freedoms appears to be a resonating issue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: Talk about the brilliant insight of the New York Times. They came yeah, up with that. Right. We appreciate that. Fundamental freedoms is important. Who you, would have thought that? You'd think? Right. I thought it was a chicken in every pot. But no nope, <laughs> fundamental freedoms is what we're fighting for nowadays.
1: That's it. I am sure most people watch the debate that took place for the Republican presidential candidates. There's an article that talks about how Ramaswamy, if I'm pronouncing that correct. That's Close all he, enough. That's all he going to get from me. Uh, I find that gentleman very disrespectful. So... It's talking about how he unleashed direct and personal attacks on his fellow candidates, including on former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. And I want to focus on just the parts where he went in below the belt on Nikki Haley.
0: So I have a clip of that, and I'm sure you must have heard it by now. But just to set the context of our conversation, here is what Jamil is referring to. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first, or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which case, Runa we've Swan. got two of them on stage Yes, I'd first like to say they're five-inch heels, and I don't wear them unless you can run in them. Um, oh, we got two the, of you on stage. The second, the second thing so. that I will say is I wear heels. They're not for a fashion statement. They're for ammunition. So there's Nikki Haley giving some zinging comebacks.
1: He even went so far as to make a claim against her daughter and her face when he made this statement about her daughter. She turned to him and she said, as any mother would do, you keep my daughter's name out your mouth. No,
0: she didn't say that.
1: How did she say it, Bill? This is actually a point I wanted to make. (laughs) So here's the thing.
0: You heard woos from the crowd, you know, when Nikki Haley gave her response. But I listened to her response a couple of times, including that one that you're referring to. Yeah. And if you're
1: going to come up with
0: comebacks, they got to make sense.
1: Well, I mean, but she's under pressure.
0: But she knew she was going to get that. She had to have known. You prep for this stuff. But You you don't
1: prep for somebody to come for your kid.
0: You do in this case, because the background there was in the previous debate, Nikki criticized Vivek for being on TikTok, which is owned by China. And, you know, now it's, it's the devil. Yeah. She criticized him for being on TikTok. And then he brought up, says, look, Nikki, you criticized me for being on TikTok, but your adult daughter's also on TikTok. Okay, so
1: pause. Mr. Ramaswamy, uh, we've talked about this. You campaign
0: on TikTok. How do you get TikTok banned if you use it? Well, I I, want to laugh at why Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which is about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. The next generation of Americans are using it, and that's actually the point. You have her supporters propping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just the easy scum. answer
1: is actually to say that
0: her her attack was on him. Oh no no no! Trust me, I'm not defending him. I'm just giving the context. Yeah,
1: but I'm saying so he needs to be able to have an attack on her, but he didn't. He jumped rank and took it out on her daughter. Nikki's not the one. If she came to him and said, "You're on TikTok," he would have had a good comeback if he'd have came back and said, "Well, you're on TikTok." But no, he he, did. he
0: said, "Nikki, you got to take care of your own family your first. Your daughter, yeah. yeah. Nikki did not say, "Keep my daughter out of your mouth," name How which did say it? been understandable comeback okay what did she say in fact she could have reached over and slapped him Will Smith style which I would have preferred but instead she says you keep my daughter out of your voice
1: that's what she said Out of your voice. I just went, what? (laughs) Out of your voice. See, look at me. Look at me. As a mama, I translated. What she was trying to say was... Exactly. But how hard is it to say it?
0: Say the comeback properly. I don't know.
1: Maybe the five-inch heels was on her or something. But listen, I don't care what I would have been in. Okay, so
0: let's talk about them heels, because I didn't understand her response either. And as a a woman, I need you to explain this to me. So
1: (laughs) he says that she is
0: a Dick Cheney in three-inch heels, which meant absolutely nothing. But she responded, I don't wear them unless you can run in them.
1: That's right. So she... She made for this. She can handle this. The heels are not a distraction. They just complement the wardrobe. She can take you on, on any flat foot heels or not. She Do you actually
0: you. practice running in heels? You is should. That a thing? You
1: should. If you can't run in them, don't wear them.
0: Now, I saw those five-inch heels. Five inches is a high heels. Yeah. Well, you bef- can
1: run in those things? Before before my torn meniscus, I would have gave you a run for your money. Right now, I'm going to have to take it on down to three. But yes.
0: Listen, women are the superior athletes <laughs> if they can, if, and they if they are. can <laughs> keep keep up with me in five-inch heels. Because I looked at those things, I'm like... Dang. And they
1: are. And, they and are. then
0: she said, I wear them for ammunition. What is that a reference I mean,
1: to? she's going to have to explain that one. I, I don't know if that is to, I don't know. I don't even want to. Does that
0: mean she's going to take the heel off and throw it oh, at no, him?
1: No, no, I don't think so. Even though with his, his mouth, I probably would not blame her for doing so.
0: It's anyhow, her zingers, although got crowd response, just left me scratching my head it going, did. what? But, I mean,
1: I just felt like, here's here's why I wanted to talk about this. Besides his disposition. On that panel, we had one woman surrounded by all men. And he said the things he was saying and kept coming. And did you hear one candidate step up to say, That's out of line, no don't do that. You're going too far. Let's stick to the not one no, man because I refused came to the to, defense. I didn't
0: watch the thing at all. You watched it?
1: I did not. Oh. But I watched that portion of it and not one every male candidate stood there as if they had earplugs in and never thought stand up for this woman you don't have to agree you you guys can be running for the same seat but respect is respect. And I thought it was very distasteful for them not to recognize. And some of them are married to women and some of them got one male to them. But you got women that are in your life that you consider yourself in partnership with. And you just watch one woman take an unnecessary beating verbally from some lunatic and you did nothing to. To even show that you that Shivery wasn't dead, you stood up not one inch for her, and you could have said, "That's a bit much. You're out of line," and then you could have went right back to debating your stance. It would not have jeopardized your stance in this election. Well,
0: this was not surprising. Trump set. The mold for this He said it He set the whole precedent For it When he does these Very public Insulting attacks On women Referring to their periods Referring to All sorts of Demeaning things Oh uh, She's too ugly For me to rape I mean that was Something he said Yeah And So he, he sets he the people. precedent And he gets crowds And the tens of thousands To show up That just tells you Where the party And the supporters are
1: at yeah. it, it's
0: Not even chivalry It's just basic Human decency And him and all people
1: Don't need to say Anything about looks But So my issue is You can run. But here's here's what that showed me. And as a Republican woman, if I were one, if I watched those men mistreat a female and never stand up for her, they just told me what they're going to do when they go in and sit down and sign off on papers. They didn't care enough about me or anyone who looked like me then, and they dang sure ain't gonna care about it once they don't need my votes because they're already in office. So Republican women, keep your eyes on what's happening. That was the most disrespectful display of anything I've ever seen, and nobody budged. And then Senator Scott had the nerve, you're gonna bring a woman and introduce her to America when you there was one that you worked alongside with for years, and you didn't even tap this dude on his shoulder and say, you're completely out of line stick to what the people need to hear about i think that just shows that all of them are not ready to represent a nation as diverse as us because here's the bottom line women ain't going nowhere it was disrespectful
0: both in action and inaction
1: and everybody who didn't say anything on that stage was just as disrespectful
0: well now that you're all fired up Jamil. my bad I can see the blood boiling over there. That pissed me off. It should have. Let's talk about another item to piss us off. Okay. The South Carolina state superintendent is seeking control of library and classroom collections. What book she read in the library? Exactly. Okay. So state superintendent Ellen Weaver and the Department of Education that she oversees has drafted a proposal for a new regulation that would give the state not local school boards, authority over school and classroom library materials. The South Carolina Association of School Librarians disagrees with the change and were left out of any decision making, believing material selection policies should remain at the local level via district and school approved policies. But no, Mama Weaver wants to be mama over everybody and wants to make these choices for you, your kids, your schools, your local community. So this actually is something that could become law. Um, This is a draft proposal. A link to that PDF is in our show notes. You can read it for yourself. But basically, it's the state taking control. The party of limited government wants government in your business every which way.
1: So I want to do this without being completely disrespectful to the state superintendent. So I'm going to have to try to toe a tight line, even though it is very obvious that I do not appreciate the way by which she came by her seat. I do not think that an individual who did not come by their seat by meeting the qualifications that everyone else would have had to meet the right way. Um, I find it a slap in the face of every person who's acquired a master's degree or a higher degree. All the rest of us had to go the full time. There was no corners cut for us in order for us to hold position. So with that being said, I think that in this particular role, her coming into the office said that rules that were once established to protect education would be broken. They were broken for her to get in. And I think that they will continue to be broken. I am 100 percent against the state mandating what is going into the libraries. To me, it looks a little cult like, you know, it looks a little cult like. So you mean to tell me that educators who've trained for years know exactly what What is out here and what is good for the students in their districts need the state to tell them what books are able to be read and what should be included in the library.
0: One commentator wrote, does a vocal mini minority of zealots trump the professional opinions of people who have college degrees on books in school libraries?
1: That is what they're attempting to do. And that's an insult. So but you you look at the state superintendent And she is the superintendent for education, but she herself is showing that she has no faith and no value in education. I think we might have put this lady in the wrong spot. And I say we because we it's a whole bunch of people who didn't go out and vote. So because you did not vote for Ellis because you did not go to the polls on that day, you allow Weaver to come into this spot. And what you know is public education, which has helped so many of us to get to where we are in life. They're just taking one little block away from it at a time. Why would you not want to have conversations with an area that specializes in library science. You just want to come in here and make these changes. What is making you want to govern such a change? What is it? And it can't be that you value education because your route to where you are shows that you don't everyone else has to go a full time. I remember when she got this particular position and it, the six month master's degree. And I'm thinking, nah, I think I had to go like 18 months before they gave me one.
0: I've got two master's degrees. One took me two years to okay. achieve and the okay. other 18 months.
1: Okay. And see, they didn't cut any time off of that.
0: I got no political favors from the university okay. I attended. I had to write papers, take a bunch of exams. Mm-hmm. I had to take about three, four full-time classes yep. every semester, plus be a TA yep. and teach. Uh, what Ellen Weaver did during those six months that she started and finished her master's degree while campaigning. And
1: I was going to say, and campaigned. That is not physical. I don't even know a person who could do that. But it what consists I answer- of... Is what it consists of I I want us to run it Just like that Because that's what it is But what my my issue is If you didn't respect education Which you showed you didn't If it's okay for her To go into her role And they work out Some special circumstances Where she doesn't have to do The remaining 12 months On her degree And she can get a master's I think they need to be Cutting checks back To all the people Who have a master's degree And went over six months Because it seems like We could have did it all In six months If she could have
0: Yeah the superintendent Of education You would hope Would be as little Political as possible because it's about educating the students, exposing them to the world and expanding their minds. But instead, the first thing that Weaver did as superintendent spoke at a Moms for Liberty event in Philadelphia in June. So you can see exactly the extremism that she goes towards. Now, people may object, well, Moms for Liberty, that's just parents wanting to exercise their rights for their kids. So let's talk about Moms for Liberty, for just a quick second, Uh, I want to tell this quick story because what happens elsewhere can happen happen here. In Florida, two members of Moms for Liberty called the police on a pair of school librarians over a book from a best-selling young adult fantasy series that a 17-year-old student checked out. So a 17-year-old, the same age, by the way, that they feel it's appropriate to get married, this Gargoyle fantasy series that's very popular nationwide. The 17 year old checked it out, and Moms for Liberty people called the police. This lady told cops that a 17 year old minor had checked out the book from Jay High School. (laughs) The cops are like, Really? This is why you're calling us? And they said, This is child pornography.
1: And calling police for like crap like that, they should have written her, those parents, a citation for wasting their time. Because if you're talking about Florida and I'm not just Florida, but any state policemen have a lot to do and come into a library because a person checked out of a book because the 17 year old did it. How about you have a conversation with that 17 year old's mother? Let that be the conversation instead of going to the police department. They should have wrote citations for both of those women. It's all
0: about control. That's what they want to exercise. They want to exercise control over what you think and can read and see. This proposal that the South Carolina Board of Education, uh, they're having a hearing on starting on November 14th. So here's what's going to happen. They've got this proposed law change they want to make. They're going to have public hearings about it. People are going to line up from around the block to oppose it. You're going to get a few people to support it, but I can guarantee you most of them will be against it. And what will happen in the end, it'll get pushed through by this ultra right-wing House and Senate that we have in place today. This thing's going to get signed into law. You You just watch.
1: This is why we can't grow as a state or as a nation. We spend so much time going back and undoing things that's already been established and can be effective.
0: This policy would statewide ban books for all students, including high schoolers, If they include descriptions or visual depictions of sexual conduct, or if they include content that could not be portrayed or read aloud on broadcast television or radio during daytime hours. So think about that. So let me quote for you something from a book that's in all of our South Carolina school libraries at the moment. You ready? Go. Here's a quote. She lusted for the lechers of Egypt, whose members are like those of donkeys. Whose thrusts are like those of stallions. You reverted to the depravity of your youth when Egyptians fondled your breasts, caressing your young nipples. That is Ezekiel verses 20 to 21 (laughs) in the Holy Bible. (laughs) So you tell me if I can go into public on daytime broadcast hours and read that passage and many others just like it, whose members are like those of donkeys. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting that we go banning the Bible. I'm saying that if you're going to write a law written like that, then say goodbye to your Bibles. Yeah. Because it's going to be gone. It does not meet those standards. And that just points out how ridiculous those standards are. Yep.
1: Wow. Governor McMaster signs kinship guardianship bill into law, which is a really good thing. So Governor McMaster signed S-380, the kinship guardian bill that allows the Department of Social Services to create kinship guardianship programs. And it's going to be known as KinGap. Kinship guardianship is a judicially created relationship between a child and an adult that provides an exit to foster care as an option when reunification of the child's parents is not yet feasible. So they're not just trapped into foster care. There is an out. And kinship is is a good way for them to come out of the I'm glad system. you brought
0: this up because I knew nothing about this program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not just happening in South Carolina. This is in states all over the correct. country. Correct, correct. So I get this. You don't want to be in foster care permanently. Yeah. So what's the difference between kinship, guardianship, and adoption, right? So why not just have whoever you end up with adopt you and then you move forward?
1: Well, I think there's a time process in there. So you could do that. You could do either
0: one. I mean, like the article said, you use kinship guardianship when permanency through public adoption is not feasible. And they didn't go into detail. And maybe we just have to have a conversation with somebody about this. But what would make adoption not feasible, yet kinship guardianship feasible.
1: Well, if you think about one of the other articles we did if they happen to be Jewish and want children, that might be it. <laughs> I mean, so there're going to be there're going to be situations and I think those may be far in between but to have the kinship as an opportunity is a plus. You know, when children are getting taken out of their homes and sometimes families would be the best option for them. So maybe an aunt or an uncle instead of so them in the So this kinship
0: is usually a relative it is. of the family mm-hmm. as opposed to just complete strangers yeah. who are foster parents. And maybe the aunt or uncle or whoever, you know, doesn't want to permanently adopt. Yeah. But apparently this is a funded program now that they have passed it into Mm -hmm. law. They can actually use federal dollars to help fund the program, which is nice.
1: This article says, research confirms that children do best in kinship foster care and that the family connections are critical to the healthy child development, minimizing trauma and strengthening a sense of belongingness. Flashback to another episode where we talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. With a kinship program, this allows for the children to still solidify that basic level of self-fulfillment in who you are. You are still within or close enough to have your family ties, but your biological parents cannot have you at this time.
0: So there's a great resource called the Child Welfare Information Gateway, and they wrote a whole bunch about what this kinship care actually means. And here's one line that helped maybe answer some of my questions. They said, guardianship has emerged as a permanency option for a child who has been placed in out-of-home care as it creates a legal relationship. Between the child and caregiver, that is intended to be permanent and self sustaining, and can provide a permanent family for the child without the necessity of terminating the parent's parental rights. So it's kind of this in between. If you adopt somebody, you are now that child's parents, and the, the biological parents, no more rights. But this creates kind of this in between where you've got legal rights as a kinship guardian, but the parents, the original parents, have not lost their rights and maybe one day they can find their way back to reunification. Which is
1: what you want to do in these situations as the parents go through whatever trainings and rehabilitations that they have to go through. Your goal should be to return that child back to their family. I like that it says that kinship care also helps preserve children's cultural identity and relationships to their community. Right. Right now, there are cases where, you know, in DSS, representatives could definitely speak to this more, but you might have a child who lives in, I don't know, the Low Country. But because you don't have enough foster parents there, this child ends up in the upstate for two days out of the week and then ends up back in the low state for the other days of the week. Education is being lost. Loss of self is taking place there. Or
0: you could have been raised as a child on the West Coast in the city and then be transported across the country to a suburb of Philadelphia and live with your wealthy uncle and live an entirely different lifestyle in Bel Air.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No, you did not just pull up. (laughs) he did he did he just <laughs> I was wondering if you catch that reference and i was like wait a second this is bill <laughs>
0: um, you might find it interesting from a legal standpoint. I read the bill mm-hmm. that was signed into law by McMaster and company. And they talked about what are the rights and responsibilities that this guardianship entails. Mm-hmm. So what are you now obligated to? It is now your duty to provide protection, support, food, clothing, shelter, supervision, education, and care. Like they actually have to sit down and write all these things out. Yeah. Notice you don't have to provide love. No. That's missing. (laughs) You're required to have physical custody of the child, legal custody when family court has not awarded legal custody to another person, agency, or institution. You will have the right to consent to marriage enlistment in the armed forces and medical and surgical treatment, the duty and authority to represent the child in legal actions and to make decisions of substantial legal significance that affect the child, the right to determine the nature and the extent of the child's contact with other persons and the right to manage the child's income and
1: assets. So you are the parent without being the legal parent. I didn't even know
0: all this stuff was part of parenting and I got two grown kids. So 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 I got to go, I got to go back and say, uh, Hey, Hey, Amanda, uh, you know, I, I've got the right to consent to marriage here. I don't care that you're 26, 27, you know, whatever you are now.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> I, I got this parental right here.
1: Let me pause and give Senator Katrina Sheely a huge yes. shout out for co-sponsoring this bill. By doing so, you are right. They're able to get those title dollars to help fund the program. I noticed that's this major. was a
0: highly bipartisan bill. So I saw recognized was. the names of the sponsors and they yeah. came from both sides of the aisle. And this is the kind of stuff That's work. That's work. that we need to be doing.
1: Yes, that's work. That is, that is a... state taking care of their residents.
0: And, Jamil, I appreciate you ending our episode today on such a positive note. Yeah, yeah. And that's a wrap for this episode of Black, White, and Blue in the South. We hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you made it here to the end, you must have loved it. So why don't you take a quick minute and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever it is you use to listen to us and we guarantee you'll receive good fortune for the rest of your days good fortune for the rest of your days not guaranteed if you are a blue dot (laughs)
1: listen
0: if you can't keep your act together during the show i can't have you as a co-host here if you're a blue dot in a red (laughs) city Our theme song is only so long. I'm sorry, God. We're going to run out of a theme song here. Oh my if you are a blue dot in a red sea, keep the faith. Keep up the hard work. Change only happens over many years of work and dedication. Let's join hands and create an unbreakable chain to defend our freedoms that so many from within are working to destroy. Oh,
1: my gosh. I'm sorry. expecting you to do that It's <laughs> some help out here for you Bill I don't know where it is but oh there's a program for you the preceding podcast is a product of big media and copyright 2023 all rights reserved.